0: Hi, welcome back to Cycling Talk podcast with me, Georgia Mahoney. Today I'm joined by Australian rider for Jayco Alula, Georgia Baker. Georgia is currently in Australia recovering from an operation, so a massive thank you to her for getting up super early to do this interview with me. Thank you for joining me today, Georgia. Thank you very much for having me. What's your first memory of being on a bike? Um, My first memory
1: was actually when I was really, really little. Um, I grew up riding bikes, but not just along the roads. I actually grew up on a farm. So we used to ride our mountain bikes just around the farm. Um, I remember my first memory was like taking my training wheels off my bike for the first time and my dad just like pushed me down a grass hill (laughs) and was like, just keep pedaling, keep pedaling. So that was, yeah, that's my, my very, very first memory of riding a bike.
0: And what's the first bike you remember being really excited about? Um, The first bike I remember being
1: super excited about was my first road bike. So I used to do like the occasional triathlon, Um, but I used to just race my triathlons on my mountain bike, which was the Melvin Star. And I remember I got this like Azuri road bike that was like red and I just thought it was like the best thing ever. And I woke up before school one day just to like, cut loops around Perth the little town where I live um and I did like one loop and I was like a little bit all over the show like all Mm -hmm. over the road my dad followed me in the car because I just wasn't used to thin tires but I remember being like so excited like I couldn't wait to ride it that I got up so early just to ride it before school.
0: You grew up in Tasmania can you tell me about this?
1: Yeah yeah so I grew up in Tassie um I lived on a farm when I was young um which was really good and then when I got probably into oh, the end of my primary school years, we moved to a little town called Perth um, and my dad built the house that I'm currently in. And yeah, we used to train uh, together, my dad and I, and yeah, it was a really, really good childhood. I have a lot of fond memories and yeah, I really loved Hazy. Do you remember your first race? Um, My very first race? Yeah. I... It was, I started through a talent identification program. So it was where schools picked you up. um, And I got selected for cycling, rowing and basketball. And so I remember I really wanted to pursue cycling. um, And my very, very first race, I think was up at the uh, Launceston Silverdome. And it was just a small, I think it was the state championships actually. Mm -hmm. And I remember just being thrown into the race and I had so much fun um but yeah just the timing of it um was just happened to be like that our nationals were only like a few months later so I pretty much started track cycling and then within a few months I was racing the national championship so it all happened pretty quick
0: yeah in 2012 you did the junior road world championships was this your first time racing outside of Australia
1: yeah it would have been definitely um That was my, I remember being so excited. I went to, so 2011, 2012 was my junior um, world championship. So the first year we went to Moscow in Russia and that was like so eye-opening, like completely different. Um, And yeah, I remember thinking like, you know, this is insane and racing in front of like, we actually had a a really big crowd in Russia and yeah, it was a really big velodrome as well. So I remember everything just being, feeling like so massive um so yeah I remember yeah kind of catching the bug for travel as well because I probably hadn't done much international travel um up until then so you know racing my bike around the world was like was something that I was really really like inspired to do at that time um and then in 2012 I went to New Zealand and we raced there for our um junior world championships on the track but then closely after that followed the junior road world championships where I raced in the Netherlands. Um, and yeah, I was, yeah, I had a lot of trouble that year, but I kind of like got hooked from it.
0: At the 2015 Oceana Track Championships, you came away with three silver medals and two gold medals. What was it like to represent Australia in these championships?
1: Yeah, I remember that championships actually really clearly because I had gone, like I really wanted to make the Olympic team. And I knew that to make that team, I really needed to perform well at that particular event at the Oceanas in New Zealand. So a lot of my training, like, leading up was just, like, all focused on that. Like, it was focused for the individual pursuit, for the Omnium, and pretty much everything, just so I could kind of put my hand up and be like, yeah, I'm here. Like, can I just have an opportunity? Um, And, yeah, it went really well. And so after that, I was was given the opportunity to – go and do some training with the girls in Adelaide and that's where our high performance unit at the time was based so I got an opportunity to go and train with the girls there Um, and then after that I got to go to a world cup so that I think that championship was championships was like a real turning point Mm -hmm. for me in my career Um, because sometimes it is hard to get those opportunities to kind of put your hand up and you know you just need that time in the training environment with the team and Mm. Um. So it does come down to performances.
0: And then you got selected to represent Australia at the 2016 Rio Olympics. How was it to represent your country at a higher level?
1: Yeah, that was like a huge goal for me. Um, The 2016 Rio Olympics, like to make it. And after, you know, I had had a really kind of tough couple of years. I had lost my dad in 2015 earlier. um, And... So that was, like, a huge motivation. I kind of feel like I put all my energy into making the Olympic team. Um, and so, like, I kind of at the time feel like I was just so tunnel vision and focused on on that. Um, we didn't get the best result that we were after at those Olympics. Um, we had a crash, like, a few days before. And, yeah, but, like, you know, despite those horrible things, like sometimes I still look back on it and I think of, like, it's hard not to think of that. Mm -hmm. um because at the end of the day we're there to compete but overall it was like the what I have to take away from it is that it was a really big learning for me um in my career and to kind of realize that this is like the level that we compete at and Mm -hmm. it was nothing like I'd ever experienced before so I think that really put me um in a really good position to know what I was kind of in for for the next olympic cycle
0: you then signed your first pro contract in 2017 for Orca Scott. How did that move come about?
1: Um, yeah, so like earlier as well, like before, as I said, like with Oceanas, um, I was just like throughout that whole year in 2015 just kind of trying to put my hand up to make the Olympic team mm-hmm. the following year. Um, so I was doing as much as I could on the track, but also as much as I could on the road. So our National Road Series here in Australia was really thriving at the time. And I was riding for the High Five Dream team. And I just remember, yeah, having a really good year on, on the road as well and making sure that I kind of put my hand up in all those races that we were doing throughout the year. Um, so, yeah, that was like, yeah, that was kind of like a really big start of my Olympic journey, I suppose. But
0: mm-hmm. I got
1: into Orica through my National Road Series um, and then just those kind of results and over the summer racing um yeah i just got offered a contract through through that way and at the time as well they the the way that the team was set up is that they required to have some because it was an australian based team required to have some track riders and we could just go and race with the team um for a block of time when we wanted to and the team wouldn't necessarily like pay us but we would be funded by the track so i was kind of selected in that team as a as a track rider And yeah, that's kind of how that that came about, was through my results in the Australian Road Series.
0: You came to the UK to race the Women's Tour that year. On the opening stage, you felt heart pains and a racing heart rate. So you decided to withdraw from the race. You were later diagnosed with SVT. Can you tell me about what the race was like and what this is?
1: I, my first race was actually the Tour of Britain. I did one but just before, but I, it wasn't very good, so I feel like I've wiped that from my memory. Um, and then it was, like, stage one, and I remember just, like, lining up. And, yeah, I was, like, pretty nervous because it was, like, my first big tour, and I was with the likes of, like, Grace the Elven, and I was like, oh, wow, like, this is this is a big thing. I have to make sure I'm riding really well and support the team well. Like I wanted to do a good job. So, like, I was generally nervous, um, but then – when we kind of like rolled off in just the neutral section, I my heart rate was just like super high and then it would just come back down for a little bit, but then like kind of shoot up again. And I'm being, being like, oh, wow, like am I just that nervous that I need, I'm like not able to control my mm. myself really. Um, and so the, the neutral was quite a long one. It was like nearly 10Ks and I just, the, the whole time, that's kind of like all I was thinking about and in that time, I just, I went to Gracie and said, like, oh, look, I'm I'm feeling, like, some pain in my heart. Like, I don't really feel that good. And she's, like, oh, like, don't, you know, straight away, it was, like, don't muck around with this, Georgia. Like, you know, um, tell the DS, go back and, you know, just, yeah. And I was, like, oh, I didn't want to let anyone down because I knew as soon as you stop, you can't continue the next day. And as soon as I said I've got heart pain, there's no way that they're going to, like, let me continue I'm mm-hmm. like, what if I'm just like overthinking this? Like, what if I am just like really nervous? Um, so I just kept going for an extra 5k and then like I'd feel it again. And then I just kept going. And by this time the race had just started. And then we went up like a short little climb. And I remember being like, oh my God, like I can't go any harder than this. And I am my I feel like I was generally having like a heart attack. It freaked me out a little bit. And so then I just stopped and called it then. Um and pulled off to the side of the road. And yeah, I went back to the hospital in the UK. And I think I was like very fortunate that that's where the race was based. And mm-hmm. they had some really good tests and was super thorough. Um, and initially they thought I had like something called pericarditis, which is like swelling of the, the heart sac. Um, but then they weren't overly sure. They knew something wasn't quite right. So then I just did some more tests back um, in Italy. In Gavarate, we have an Australian base there. And at the time I was just so fortunate that there was a doctor um, who was just really, really good. And so, so supportive of me. And we just worked together to do some more tests. Like they were a little bit worried because of my family history, like with my dad and my dad had had a huge heart attack. So um, they were just like really, really cautious that I didn't have anything you know, mm-hmm. underlying. So I did, I did heaps of tests and, and in the end, um, we decided that it was probably best to go back to Australia and conduct some more tests, just to make sure that we've kind of covered everything. And you know, like that was definitely a good move. Um, I think that you know, I was I was really struggling mentally at that stage as well, just like with everything, like losing my dad and um, probably being overseas and away from family. I was just really really struggling, and so I was really glad that that doctor said look Georgia I think you, you should just go home and get this checked out I think it's going to be best for like my overall health um and yeah so when I went back to Australia I went to Melbourne to the Baker Institute and did some more testing and yeah, I found I had SVT which is just where my heart beats for a certain period of time like uh it's, it's a tachycardia so it beats really high um for like a short period of time and then we'll like kind of set, settle back down but during that time you can feel like really lightheaded and it's Mm -hmm. like, I need to sit down. And um, yeah, so my heart rate was just doing that a lot and my electrical circuit in my heart was just kind of, yeah, a little bit faulty, I suppose you can say. And so I needed to have an ablation um, to kind of get rid of that circuit. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and that went, that operation went really, really well. And yeah, really had no problems up until recently. So yeah, that, I'm really glad, like, it took a long time to kind of figure mm-hmm. out what it was. But, yeah, it was it was definitely, like, changed the way I felt on my bike and changed a lot of things. I just thought it was just me. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of glad that in the end I did speak up about it.
0: It meant that you had to go through some recovery process uh, and then you do a training block ahead of the 2018 season. Was it hard not to be able to get much racing in in 2017?
1: Yeah, that was a really hard year. Um, a lot of changed. I'd kind of moved to, like I'd moved completely to Adelaide. Um, before the Olympics, I was kind of doing like a home, it was like a homestay system. So I was living with a family, but also like I had like my my home was Tasmania. But then at, in 2017, I decided to move to Adelaide um, and just focus because that's where we were based and focused on training there. But then when I got there, like everything kind of, that's when everything happened and um yeah, I missed out on a lot of racing. I missed out on our world cha- track world championships in Hong Kong. And that was a huge blow. Like I understood why, like I I get it. And I knew that I probably, I wasn't like good enough to be selected at the time. Um, But yeah, still just like from being at the Olympic games the year before and then to not be selected at the world championships was like, oh, you know, like that, mm-hmm. I took a big hit from that. Um. And, yeah, like, being, like I just got my bike taken off me, like my road bike, I remember. And, yeah, it just felt like I was just, yeah, had lost my scholarship really and um, mm-hmm. starting from scratch again. So but I suppose it wasn't what I needed um, just to kick me in the bum a little bit to be like, nope, like, you really want this. And, yeah, it's just to work and train harder, I suppose.
0: 2018 was the Commonwealth Games in the Gold Coast home Commonwealth Games for you how did it feel to be selected after everything that happened in 2017?
1: Yeah that was huge like I remember my goal being like to try and make the Commonwealth Games team um yeah that was a massive massive achievement for me and that was something that yeah I definitely just while I was recovering and while I was like had those really hard days it was just like focused on trying to make the team and I remember saying like to my mum like oh if I make this team then you know i I'm going to just be really proud of myself, I suppose. And um, I did make the team and I remember being like so happy. Um, but I suppose like being like any other athlete, you always like striving for the next thing. Um, so then after that, I was like, okay, I've made a team, kind of brushed that out, like didn't sit on it for too long. And it was just like, right now I need to focus on trying to make like the team's pursuit starting for. Um and, yeah, so I didn't actually get to race at the Commonwealth Games, the team's pursuit. I just, I got to race the point score, but I was a reserve. And at the time I was, like, I remember being quite upset about it. The girls were amazing. We won gold. And it was so good just to see them, like, it come together after all the hard work. But obviously, like, I would have loved to be a part of it. And mm-hmm. in some ways I did feel a part of it with all the training sessions. But really, like, when you see your teammates are standing on the top step, you, like, just want to be up there with them. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, it still gave me, like, a lot of motivation then to moving on to, like, the next year and to the World Championships and to know, like, I had to remind myself that, yeah, my goal was to make the team and I should still be really proud. But it was also a little bit bittersweet um, not being able to have a gold medal myself as well.
0: You started your track season with five medals at the Oceana Track Championships. How did you manage racing on the road in the summer with then racing on the track?
1: um yeah I remember it was it was really difficult um trying to do both but I think at the time it really complemented each other I think it was a little bit more like we were more open to that and um our the both the track and road were really supportive of of each other whereas like I feel like after that it kind of went separate ways um, and I don't know why I think maybe it got to do with just like funding and politics of cycling and where funding was allocated but at that time I remember it yeah like it was hard as an athlete to try and fit in both because I feel like you had a really big season and in particular in Australia you when you're doing like track and road and the way the calendar was set out you never really had a time to stop it was always like you would had a week off here or there and try and structure it so you You did have some time off, but it was just very like one thing to the next. And the years went really quickly. Um, But yeah, I remember it being what I needed at the time.
0: You did some great results that track season, including a win at the London Six Day and a win at the French World Cup. How were you feeling ahead of the World Champs in Poland?
1: Um, Yeah, I had a really, I had one of the better years on my bike that year. Um yeah everything was just going really well I had a bit of a, a knee problem uh leading up to that and I remember having a arthroscopy in my my right knee and so like my training after that was like really different just because I'd been in the gym and um doing some different things in the gym and I actually think it like benefited me and I came out as weird as it sounds I came out the other end like a better athlete um just maybe because i was doing some different things in my training i'm i'm really unsure but i remember having a really good year and i was the whole team was going really well leading into poland like i remember being like wow like this is really cool like it's really hard to get five four girls on kind of like the same level um and so and and going well all at the same time and i remember thinking oh wow we've actually kind of nailed it here i think and um, so everyone was like, "Yeah, really motivated in going into Poland."
0: Yeah, and then you came away with the world champs jersey and the team suit. Can you talk me through the race and um, what it meant to win that?
1: Yeah, it was.
0: I think that year we had three rounds,
1: and it yeah we we qualified really well. We had a good qualifying, um, and we we're happy with it. And then going into the round one, we knew that we just well, I think we were against the Italians. So we knew that we had to beat the Italians. So we just tried to still just like focus on what we were doing and race our race. Um, and then, yeah, going into the final, we, yeah, we were against uh, Great Britain and we were like, okay, we knew that they always come out firing. We knew that we had to as well, because it was still pretty close. Like the margin was next to nothing. I remember being like, Oh yeah, this is going to be a tough battle. Um, but, yeah, it came down to the wire, that's for sure. We, yeah, the last round, I remember the final, it kind of, like, blew out a little bit. Um, yeah, we had one girl, just one of our teammates, I think it was Nettie, um, she was the starter for that round. And, yeah, just trying to hold onto the wheel. And, yeah, we just made it across the line. I remember, it, like, even just in the race being like, oh, my God, this is going to be so close. This was, like, a lap to go, um, even thinking that. And... Yeah, we we did it, and I remember being, like, so relieved because, yeah, we had been really consistent throughout the whole competition, and we knew we were the fastest team on paper, so we just, like, kind of had to execute a good ride. And, yeah, we did it. It wasn't, like, the best ride we've ever done, but um, it was a little bit messy, but, yeah, we, we got it done in the end, and I remember everyone was just, like, so, so happy. Um, it was a really good championship, that one.
0: And you also got a silver in the Madison with Amy Cure. Did you expect to have such a good chance?
1: Yeah, that was like, I, I really want, I was so happy to race the matter. And especially with Amy, she's also from Tasmania. So I felt like a little Tassie duo. Um, and we actually hadn't raced very many Madisons at all together leading up. Like we'd always been separated at, like at training or even at our, I think our nationals, we weren't together. Um, so yeah, I was really excited to see what we can do, and yeah, we we it was like any other Madison started off really really hectic, and we just needed some time to like relax and get into the rhythm of things, um and yeah, it ended up being like a really close race in the end, and yeah, we just I feel like we needed like an extra twenty laps, um but yeah, mm-hmm. no we we were really happy to come away with with silver there, yeah.
0: In 2019, you had to have an arthroscopy. Can you tell me about that?
1: I remember going to Belgium and we had like a, a big training block there. We're gonna do, we're going to be targeting some races um, and yeah, both comp like trying to combine just some track time, working on our positions and our aerodynamics. And then also like at the same time, doing a lot of road and racing um, a lot of the Kermises and um, races like that around Belgium. And I remember we just we had a a crash at the track with um, it was myself and another teammate of mine, Ash. And, yeah, we, we had a bad collision. And, yeah, from then on, I just had some really bad trouble with my knee and I didn't know what was wrong. Like at the time, it felt fine. But then a couple of days after, it was just really bad and I couldn't ride on it. So, yeah, I had to go home, get some more scans on it. Um and then yeah, I had a bit of flaky cartilage that they needed just to kind of remove and yeah, it took a little while to figure out what was going on. But yeah, we um had the had the operation and yeah, it went it went really well and had really no problems after that. I just kind of could get back into training doing some different things. Like I said before, like I was doing some different training, but yeah, it went it went pretty smoothly actually.
0: And you were able to get back racing for the track season and won gold in the Madison at the Scotland World Cup. How was it to be back racing and winning?
1: Yeah, it was really really good. That was like, yeah. I remember taking a lot of um, confidence from that race. We worked really hard uh, tactically on our Madison as well. Um, And we had done a lot of like video analysis and we're trying to get just our, like our skills better as well. So we actually had spent a lot of time on the Madison. And, yeah, we were really, really happy with with the outcome there. Um, Yeah, winning gold was definitely the thing that we wanted to do. So then when we we did win gold, it wasn't just like for Nettie and myself, we got a lot of confidence from it. It was from, like, the whole team, I think, because we all had worked really hard at kind of nailing the Madison and, yeah, had put a lot of time into it. So I think it gave the whole squad um, a lot of motivation and I feel like whoever they put in for that Madison would have performed like the same way.
0: And at the New Zealand World Cup, you came second in the team suit and got a new national record. Then you did the Madison and you won gold again with a different partner than Scotland. Did you work with lots of different partnerships within the Australian team?
1: Yeah, um, we did actually. We we always changed, like always at training. Yeah. Um, there was never really one person that you would always be, st- be stuck with. At, you know, we always would do different sessions. We did a couple every, I think we did two meta sessions a week at that stage and would always change around. And, yeah, because you just learn something different from each person. Like no one does the exact same sling as you, like um, the exact same change. There's always something different. So I think that that was really beneficial for us. Um, but in New Zealand, I raced with Alex. And, yeah, we were, we had a really good race there too and it was it was really good because I think my first Ma- Madison was with Alex, so it was kind of like throwing it back to the old days.
0: And next was the Brisbane World Cup where you won gold in Madison and Team 2. Was it extra special to win at home?
1: Yeah, that one was, like, really cool. That kind of reminded me of the Commonwealth Games and the atmosphere that was at that World Cup was so similar to the Commonwealth Games. Um yeah so that I really love the Brisbane track. I think it's for those memories we've had some had some good rides there, and it's a really, really beautiful venue as well um but yeah that was that was really special that one um we raced like the Madison a little bit differently as well, we tried some different things and for it just to still get the same result in the end. Um, yeah we were happy with that
0: and you got selected to go to the twenty twenty Tokyo Olympics, but because of COVID, they were cancelled in that year how did you take this news and how was lockdown for you? Um, Yeah like at the time when the Olympics got postponed
1: for me personally I was like like you kind of could see it coming Um, so I had a little bit of time to prepare but then when like the news really hit that it was going to be like the year after you're like oh okay like another year but I in that period I was super motivated I remember like I was just so motivated for the games and um, prep was going really well for me. And I suppose that it wasn't also getting to the end of my career. Like I saw myself riding for like a few years after that. And I was like, oh, like, this is okay. It's just a little hiccup. Like I can go for another year. And the way I approached it was like, oh, it will just be even stronger in a year's time. Like it gives us more time to prepare and to be better. But um, that wasn't the same for all my teammates like some teammates were kind of getting to the end of their career and they kind of knew that Tokyo was their last like race like last big race so the news came to them like it hit it hit a lot harder um so yeah we actually lost Amy because she just was like I just can't do it um for another year I can't put the same effort in that she had been putting in I can't couldn't apply it to her training every day and that was so that was you know, so fair enough, like Ames had been riding for, for years and had been at the pinnacle of her sport for, for years as well. So um, we understood that and, and thought it was really courageous actually to be able to like kind of step back and, and give up your Olympic spot because selections never changed. Like you knew that you were still going to be selected um, and it wasn't like kind of open opened up again for anyone to kind of join the team. So she kind of just took a step back and that meant that Alex Manley could come in. Um so yeah, it was a it was a really big move and one that I think is something like, you know, not many people could do that and to realise that no, I'm not gonna be able to give my all for the team. Um, so I think it's best for someone else to take my spot. But yeah, so for me it wasn't it wasn't so bad, but I could also sympathize with my other teammates who who did struggle a fair bit. And, and could understand where they were coming from as well. So it was a, a really weird time for our team because we were, you know, one half of it was half of them were really motivated. Then we had some other girls who, who weren't so motivated. So we were kind of split into two different groups. And, um, yeah, that was – was it was a rough period for a little while. But then by the end, we all kind of came together. And once we could see the goal and had a bit more of a process – And knew what was like coming our way and a bit more structure um to our training then yeah everyone was kind of like all on board and like right we're going to do this now so yeah it was a weird year for everyone I think all over the world yeah
0: there wasn't much racing going on in Europe and you didn't get the chance to go out to Europe but did you do much racing in Australia
1: uh no yeah all racing was kind of stopped um we, did not, we only trained really, uh, but in saying that, we were quite lucky. The Australian government had given us like a path to still use the uh, velodrome and still use the venues. We had to be super strict, kind of like go only to and from, um, obviously not allowed to go to, you know, any coffee shops or anything like that. Um, so it was very much just, yeah, to and from. Um, we did a couple of like sessions in Melbourne as well, Um, I remember they were, they were closing the borders in Adelaide and we had some Olympic trials coming up, um, just to kind of test out our prep and that they were meant to be, um, held in Victoria in Melbourne. So the borders were about to close. I think it was actually about to close in Melbourne. So we had to quickly get across the border. I remember like we all packed up that day and then like the whole squad kind of just like drove across the borders. It was really weird. And, um, Yeah so there were some weird things like that but not too much. We were pretty fortunate actually, not too much change because we were the Olympic team we did get some more privileges. Um, So we were able to get outside and train and that I think helped our overall well-being compared to other Australians and other people around the world.
0: After the Olympics being cancelled in 2020 they were rescheduled for 2021. How was it to be able to go out to Tokyo and take part in the Olympics again?
1: Yeah, it was a it was really really special. Um, it was a very different. I knew it was definitely going to be one to remember. Um, with COVID and everything, and you know, spectators, we weren't allowed to have really hardly any spectators. Um, yeah, so it was a, it was a little bit strange, and but it was it was really good experience still. It was just, yeah, I suppose, like I said, it was definitely one to remember. We didn't quite have the results we were after, but um, overall, and that I did take a big hit from that, like, after not having the same, like, having kind of the same results again and just, like, not, I suppose, like, you can be happy as an athlete when you know that you're, like, you were at your best form and you gave it your all and you were, like, at your peak at that moment, but we all kind of knew we, we weren't, and so I think that's why it hit even harder because it's like, oh, we weren't even like we were going better like a month ago, and so that it was really hard to kind of take because you knew that you weren't at your like best potential, your highest potential then, uh, your best form. Um, so afterwards, I was like, oh, you know, like it, it did, it did, I did take a big hit from that. Um, but one thing I learned from Rio was that. I need to make sure that I planned for things like after Tokyo, whether they went like good or bad. So I needed to have some plans in place and some, you know, instead of just being kind of stuck in a rut, I just made sure that I, I knew what I, what I was doing for the next three months after the Olympics. And so that really helped. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that really helped a lot.
0: What was it like with all of the COVID restrictions? Um
1: yeah, it was really strange. Like, we weren't staying in the village. The Australian team, well, the Australian cycling team were staying. Um, we had a fight out this different resort for, ever, for all of us to stay separate and away from the village. So it just kind of felt like another world championship, or another World Cup Um, in, in that sense. Like, obviously, when you get to the velodrome, it still kind of feels like, you know, you're walking, you're like, oh, we're at the Olympics. Not so much like compared to Rio. Rio was like completely different buzz and different feel. So it was a little bit like turned down, but it was, and we didn't really have any crowd kind of cheering or supporting you like, so it was, it was strange. But in saying that, like mentally you kind of knew this was the Olympics, like this is what you've been training for. So I, I kind of still felt that the same kind of mental energy and the buzz that I had from the Games before.
0: At the end of 2021, you announced that you'd be moving to the World Tour to join Team Bike Exchange JK. How did this move come about?
1: Um, Yeah, so I knew I wanted to go onto the road um, after Tokyo anyway, like probably like the year before. I was like, okay, I feel like I just want to step away from the track a little bit um, and just kind of, delve into that area. And I felt like I had unfinished business with on the road as well, which is with my short stint that I had in, in 2017. I wanted to go back and just race all those races I was meant to race and, you know, try it again. Um, so, yeah, I pretty much just, like, had written my own um, resume and my own CV, and I just sent it to all the teams pretty much. Um, I, yeah, I approached... Um, a few people from, yeah, Black Exchange that I knew had worked there, like some Aussies, and had given them my CV. But, uh, yeah, I, I literally approached, like, every team that I could get their email addresses. <laughs> I just, like, sent my CV to them. Um, didn't hear back from a lot of them, <laughs> but <laughs> I heard back from a few, and I was just glad that, yeah, Black Exchange was really ha- happy to have me on board again. And, yeah, I was excited for that next next kind of chapter and gave me like a lot of motivation
0: and your first race for the team was tour down under where you took a stage win what a great start to your time with the team
1: yeah they I was I was really like relieved I suppose um I just wanted to you know kick off with the new team um I had raced with those girls before because they were all Aussies that were in Australia um so that wasn't so different, just like being in different colours and I suppose in Australia looked at more because you're the the world tour team. So, um, yeah, just to, to kick it off, like that was just like what we needed and gave like our Aussie team that were racing there um, a lot of motivation as well because we did have a lot of new signings that year. Like we had Alex Manley and Ruby Rosengannon as well. So I think that gave us like the confidence that, okay, now we got this. So it was good.
0: Then you went out to Europe and you did lots of races for the first time, including OmniPep News Blast. How was that experience?
1: Yeah, it was crazy. Um, it wasn't anything like we've had the spring, just I've just been watching the racing um from I'm in Australia at the moment, but yeah, I've just been tuning in to watch the racing and the weather there looks like hectic. So I feel like my first spring experience was like nothing compared to what the girls are going through now. But um, I remember it still being really crazy, just kind of getting used to the bunch. Um, I'd been in a lot of like, but like races in Australia and it's really nothing compared to what it's like in Europe, particularly in the classics. Um, It's just everyone's just like knows where they have to be, but everyone wants to be there. And so it's just a big catfight for that position or, um yeah but I remember being like oh as soon as I finished you know I'd make a mistake or that I could have done something better for the team at this point so I was like I just need to I just wanted to go back and do it again um because I felt like I'd learned a lot so yeah it was one of those I felt like that throughout the whole spring it was that there was things that I picked up and things that I learned and I was trying to learn as much as I could because I knew it wasn't all going to come together for me in my first year I knew that it would probably take some time and get my road fitness back again and um but I was just trying to take in as much as I could and learn as much as I could for this following year but unfortunately haven't been able to race
0: you did a block of racing in the Netherlands and Belgium in March and then into the start of April what were some of your highlights from that time
1: yeah so that one I had a lot of like yeah a lot of highlights leading in um through the through the classics I think I think one of them was just like I suppose learning the roads with it with the team. Um and also just being able to like the one the one highlight I suppose that I actually had and thinking like, oh wow, this is what this is why we do it. And that was when Ruby got second in a stage in Valencia and it was like our first race overseas and as a team and I remember being like we had a really good ride. Um we had a climb before the finish and I remember doing like the lead out for the climbers, and they were in perfect position. And then Rubes got second in the sprint, and I was just like so happy. And I think Alex might have got fourth as well. Um, and yeah, I remember coming onto the bus and I was like, "That's so good!" Like our first race. And I remember I just have that so clearly, like that energy. Even though we didn't win, I was like, "Oh, this is why we we do it." Um, and yeah. So I think I had those feelings kind of like all the way through, like we might not have had like a perfect, like a result or a win through the, through that, the major classics. But if we like, we were a new team. So we knew that we just had to learn the way we ride and help the way each other rode. So if we nailed something throughout the race, like we had small targets along the way and we nailed that, then they kind of felt like, okay, we're, we're making progress as the team and the win will come or the result will come at the end. So I think we had a lot of those throughout throughout the season and they were definitely something where I was like oh it gives you a lot of motivation when you can hit those as well
0: how is racing in Europe different to the racing in Australia um it's a lot different for one we didn't we
1: don't have the numbers and the terrains really different like we don't have really any cobbled classics or anything like that um, the, but yeah I think the the most like the, the biggest change is the bunch size and the way like the, just the amount of classy amazing athletes that we have in Europe is like there's so many girls that can win the race and that are just so strong and i'm just like in the peloton i'm like wow like they're just like so 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 strong and i think that's just like a different a next level from what we have in australia like australia sets us up really well um, you know, we get, we do get good races here, but I do think we do, we lack that experience that what, what European races are like. Um, and I think like, I did have some experience when I was a junior and through the track program of doing some like Hermes racing in Belgium. And I think that was a really good progression for me into like the world tour. But if you're coming from Australia straight to world tour, there's like, it is a big jump and it is, you know, you've just got to like learn the way the bunch goes and, um yeah so it is quite different
0: in lotto ladies tour in germany you took your first pro win in stage two talk me through the race um yeah that race was
1: yeah it was a really weird like that wasn't actually meant to happen i remember that race and i was like oh wow like i won um we were for that tour i was working for alex and ruby And I remember we were doing the lead out and the finish just happened to be like so close to that corner. And I took the corner so fast and was like, oh, no, like I've gapped the girls and just started like sprinting. Um, And then I was like, well, I just need to go here. Um, And, yeah, I ended up winning because it was like 100 metres after the corner. And, yeah, so I felt like I was like, oh, I wasn't meant to win that, but it was great for the team. But I didn't feel like I could like celebrate as what I would have liked as my first like pro win because that wasn't actually the plan. Um, but afterwards, the team were were really happy and it was just the way it happened. And I think we learned from that lesson to make sure we know the finish really well. Like we knew the fi- we knew there was a corner, but it would have we should have ridden it before we actually raced it just so we knew how close it actually was. So we could have changed our lead out a little bit if um, for Rubes to win. So um, we did learn a lesson from that, but also the team were like, oh, well, we won anyway, so that's good. Yeah.
0: And after that was Tour de Swiss. you took a third in the individual time trial with your teammates in first and second. What an amazing day for the team.
1: Yeah, that was a really good day for the team. Yeah. Um, I, that was like my first time trial I'd done in years. I remember I raced it at my junior worlds and I'd really missed time trialing. Like I hadn't done it because it just never worked with like the track and the road. It was just always really hard to combine it and to fit in the time on the, on the TT bike. So like, I just, that year I just said like, I really want to do some more TTs. Um, And yeah, I worked hard at it and it was like the first TT I'd done at that length. Um, and yeah, I, it was such a good day for the team. I remember finishing and then knowing that Kristen had won and I was like, Oh, that's amazing. But then like Georgia had got Georgia Williams got second and I was like, Oh my God. And then they're like, yeah. And you got third. And I was like, Oh, that's so good. Like we were, it was just like a really good, like really good day for the team. And it gave like everyone like, yeah, a lot of motivation and, and especially for myself, like my first TT I'd done, I knew that I could have done things, a lot differently or a lot better um but yeah I suppose that's like with any TT like you always learn something new each race in each time trial that you do so yeah it, I suppose that gave me like a lot of confidence moving forward
0: and you started your first ground tour the Giro in July and took three top 10 positions including a second in the stage one prologue which was a time trial But after stage seven, your roommate tested positive for COVID. So you had to not start stage eight due to close contact. What was the experience like?
1: Yeah, um, I remember being like quite nervous going into the Giro because it would would have been like the longest tour I've ever done. And I remember knowing what I felt like after tour again. And that was only like five or six days maybe. And I was like on my knees by the end. I was like, oh, no, and I've got to do that for another three days. So I was a little bit nervous, um, but it was a completely different race and the way it was raced was really different. Um, but, yeah, like we started the tour really well. We started the Giro super, super well with like Kristen one, I got second and that was like definitely what I was targeting, just like a five-minute effort. Um, it was flat, a little bit technical, and it just kind of suited me really well. So the team wanted me to target that. And, yeah, I had a I had a good result and I was really happy with that. And yeah, like the whole team the whole week we were riding well. Um, yeah, got the top tens and learned a lot in the sprint finishes. But then, yeah, Spratty got COVID, which was super sad. I felt so sorry for her because, like, especially those last three days of the Giro, she'd been like targeting. Um, and so, yeah, I felt really sorry for her. Um, and then I didn't really think too much about myself. I was like, oh, that sucks, like for Spratty. And then, then I was like, oh, no. No, I'm a close contact and I've been like sharing a room the whole Giro and I did a test but so I was I was negative still but just like you know what was the right thing to do um, and would I develop you know symptoms being like such a close contact mm-hmm. um, so yeah the team made the decision just to also withdraw me um, and then I also flew back Um, I never actually got COVID in the end which was great but it was, yeah, it was just the right thing to do just because, you know, you don't want to spread it to anyone. And, yeah, um, yeah so it was a, it, it would have been great to be able to, like, tick it off and to accomplish it and to finish it. And, like, sitting on the couch the next couple of days, like, watching it was a little bit hard. But I thought it would have been harder for Spratty because I knew how much she wanted that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I still was, like, happy with how it, how it went and took a lot of positives from it.
0: And next up was the Birmingham Commonwealth Games, an amazing Games for you. Let's start with the track. You won gold in both the Team Pursuit and the points. What did it mean to you to represent Australia again and get these results?
1: Um, yeah, it was it, that one was like home Games was really special. I think because it was like the first time I kind of trialled doing both like the road and the track um, and coming off like pretty much a predominantly road um, preparation. And then going into the track, I was like really nervous to slot into the team's pursuit team. And they would just been like, they'd been doing some racing on the road as well, but they'd been really focused on just like the team's pursuit. So I was like wanting to make sure that I could still ride a good team's pursuit. Um, and yeah, I just kind of, because I think I had done so much time trial work leading up, it, it did de- definitely help my team's for shooting. So I felt like I could just slot into the team really well and yeah, I, I think that period of time was when I was on some really good form. So, um, yeah, definitely the best for my the whole year. So I just was able to to back up well and, yeah, and to race really well. And I kind of think, like, when you get on a momentum and get on a roll like that, things just kind of happen to fall into place. And it was a, a really good um, block of time and really good Commonwealth Games.
0: After the track was the time trial, we came away with fourth. Were you disappointed to not get a medal or pleased with this result?
1: Um, yeah, I was a little bit disappointed. I think I could have definitely raced the time trial a lot differently. I, yeah, I was very much focused on, like, the numbers and my power that I was putting out because I didn't want to go out. Like, this was also the longest time trial I think I had done. So I didn't want to go out, like, too hard and then have nothing in the end because also we had a climb at the finish. Um, so I knew that I needed to get to that climb in feeling reasonable. Um and yeah, so I think I just paced it a little bit too easy. And instead of just like backing my my feelings and how I was feeling, I was like, oh it's okay. Like we well, you know, just work into it. Um yeah, because I was definitely like around my targets, but I probably could have just like pushed it a little bit more. So I was a little bit disappointed that I just didn't back myself to to go hard. And when I did in the last five kilometers, it was just a bit too late by then. So I just needed to, to do it a little bit earlier. But it's just like I learned a lot from that. So I was still really happy and, um, and Grace won. So I was really happy for her.
0: And in the road race you won in the sprint, how did it feel to win that?
1: Yeah, it was like a relief for sure because we had worked really hard as a unit and team for months leading up to that. We just like had a lot of meetings to figure out the best tactic to win. Um, and we had discussed it a lot. Um, But when we got to Commonwealth Games, the finish was a lot different than what was originally set out to be. So the finish was meant to be like, well, what it was showed on Bellevue and what had been kind of released was that it was like a sharp right-hand turn up over the bridge and finishing kind of with an uphill sprint, like a small uphill rise at the top of the bridge. And so it was pretty much going to be whoever can get into that corner, the first will win. But then when we got there, we were like, oh, is different and it was just like a long fast kind of slightly downhill sprint um and we're like oh does this change anything because originally we were going to be sprinting for Alex because of the slight uphill um and yeah I was going to be her final lead out but then with the change of the course and like being like a downhill sprint we decided to flip it so then Alex would be my final lead out and I would be the one sprinting which was pretty hard because I suppose when you like mentally prepare for something for a really long time and me putting myself in Alex's shoes and to be like, Oh yeah, I'm going to win this race. or this is what I'm targeting. And then for it to change within like a few days of actually racing it, that would be really hard. Um, So I, I could understand that. And yeah, it just was like, it was a little bit, like I was so happy just to be able to win it for the team, but at the same time, I did feel really bad because it was like my best friend and yeah, I felt like, oh, she could also win it. And yeah, I don't know. It was just like really mixed emotions. Like I couldn't say, I was happy for Australia and for overall the whole team and the effort they had put in. But when I was thinking about like, you know, your friends and stuff like that, I, I did feel a little bit like, oh yeah, I don't know. This was a little bit different, but I was overall was just stoked with the whole, like Commonwealth Games, like, campaign. Um, So, uh, yeah, it was a really good, like, memory for me.
0: And the Road World Champs were in Australia and you had a home crowd. You finished eighth in the TT, third in the Mixed Relay TT and didn't finish the race. How would you describe the overall experience at the Home World Champs?
1: Yeah, they were really, really special. Um, That was, yeah, definitely one of the highlights of my year. I think having, like, family and friends come and watch and then just, like, being in Australia was really cool. Um, and having an event like that, I kind of had to remind myself we're at, like, the World Champs. Um, but, yeah, and then, like, I raced the Teams Relay, the Mixed Teams Relay on my birthday. And I remember, like, that's, like, one of the best days I've had, like, one of the best birthdays, I reckon. Um, I don't know, we, like, we got third, but we it felt like we'd won because it was super close between third and fourth and we just really wanted a medal. And it was just like down to the wire. But when we, or when we got third, it felt like we had won. So yeah, it was a, it was a really special day. And yeah, I had a good, good ride in the time trial, the individual time trial I was happy with the top 10 result. And I was like, yep, no, that's good for like my first year kind of time trialing. Um, And I knew that I had like more in me and well, more to improve. I wouldn't say I had more left in me on the day, but um, yeah, I think yeah, it was an overall good good championships.
0: At the end of twenty twenty two, you were awarded as the Tasmanian athlete of the year. What was it like to get this award?
1: Yeah, this one was like oh, like really special as well. Um, I had no idea; like, no one told me, and I was going to the awards. And, like, my boyfriend, Luke, he came as well. Like, he flew down for it. And he was in the middle of, like, a training camp in Bright. So I was like, oh, okay, he just maybe wants to, like, come see awards with me. That's fine. Like I'm like, you don't have to come. Like, it's totally fine. And, like, my mum was going and, like, my family and everyone. And, yeah, I just had no idea. And then they were starting to, like, do, like, the announcements and the video presentation. And they were going through, like, the year you'd had. And I was like, oh, like, yeah, you just kind of forget about some things throughout the year because the year just seems to like combine, especially for me. I just can't remember when things happened. And then, um, yeah, going through the year and kind of like my results through the year, I'm like, oh, I had actually had a pretty good year. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, and then I was like, oh, I don't know, maybe I have a chance. I was like, nah, like, I'm against like so many good people. Like, no, no, no way. And then when they called my name, I was like, no way like just so happy um but apparently like everyone knew but me and <laughs> before going up, one of my friends Izzy Flint was like maybe you should prepare something like a speech or something just little and I was like oh nah, I can be fine like I don't think I've won and then when I was walking up I was like I definitely should have prepared something <laughs> um but yeah luckily they just asked me questions so it was it was all good and um but no that was like really special to have all my family there And the people that had helped me, like, achieve all those results in the end were there. I really wanted to have, like, my coach who had had coached me for a really long time, um, Matt Gilmore. He was from the TIS. It would have been nice to have him there, but he got sick just before. But it it was a special night too.
0: We're now in 2023 and you started your season with some races in Australia. Was it nice to start your season like this?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think we, it was the first time that the Tour Down Under was like world tour. So we had like a lot of teams fly down for it um, and they got to experience the long haul travel between Europe and Australia. Um, and yeah, so I think it was a really good start to the season. It's, it's different for Australians because we also have our nationals in January. So I feel like our season starts like way before the European seasons start. Um, and they want, like, usually teams want the Aussies to be going well at that over the summer, over the Australian summer. We had like, yeah, caddles and we had a lot of racing as well. So it's, it's a really like heavy racing block at the beginning of the year. Um, and so, yeah, I did, I raced in Australia, then went to the UAE. So my, my first part of the year went really kind of, went really quickly, um, and then yeah flew from UAE over to Europe, but it was it was a really good Australian summer.
0: You recently had a heart operation. Can you tell me about this?
1: Yeah, I had a um like I had felt some like weird beats kind of throughout the summer, I suppose or well, kind of as I started training again so from the end of twenty two into twenty three and I would just feel it like occasionally and because I had had an ablation before and I had SVT, I kind of was oh, like aware of those kind of symptoms and the way I was feeling. And I'd never ever had felt like what I was feeling before. And so it wasn't happening all the time, um, but it was happening now when I was riding. And I'd only ever felt these weird beats when I was at rest before. So it was like, now that I was starting to feel them when I was riding, I was getting a little bit more concerned because it made me feel just not great at all. Um, And so I did some tests and yeah, it was like a long process, I suppose, to figure out and to get to the bottom of it and to get opinions um, because it's kind of like you wear a hole to monitor or whatever and that they can see like these abnormalities, I suppose, um, within your heart. But then, yeah, you also got to like explain how you're feeling. So and it's not something you can just see like so it, it does take a long time to kind of get to the bottom of it. And in the end, um, yeah, figured out that it's probably best just to have the same procedure, um, not knowing if they will have to, you know, do like burn anything in an ablation. They kind of have to like remove um, a certain part or burn out a certain part to stop the the circuit. Um, And they weren't sure if they would have to do the same kind of process again, but at least they could like see what's going on and, yeah, so I had the same process. They didn't have to actually burn anything like my previous surgery. But, yeah, they noticed that my heart was a little bit, like, hyperactive, I suppose you could say. And so, yeah, at least we figured out what it was happening and why, why I was feeling the way I was. And we have some, like, procedures now, um, yeah, to fix that. And I feel a lot better. So I'm glad that I, I got it done.
0: What are you hoping to achieve later in the season? Um, Yeah, I've got like at the moment
1: I'm just kind of trying to get fit again because I've had like about four weeks off, so I feel like I've had another off season a little bit. So I think and and I suppose I'm just putting together a with my team like just a new race program because I was meant to be racing all the covered classics that are happening now. Um, So I was just really upset to miss them. So I think now it's just trying to focus on like the next thing and the next target for the team. So currently we're we're working out a really good race schedule. Um, but, yeah, definitely it would be like the world championships. Um, if I race the Giro again or the Tour, it'll just be things like that. I just need to get like a proper plan um, and then I'll be able to like really sit down with my coach and, and put together, um, yeah, I suppose some really, really good goals. But I have some things in mind. I just need to get kind of confirmed with the team and make sure we're all on the same page.
0: Where do you see yourself in five years' time? Um, that's a good question.
1: No, I see, um, I'm unsure, like five years, I feel like I could say like five years ago where I'd seen myself in five years, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, it's been five years. Um, but I think I'm unsure if I'll still be writing. I don't know, I'd like to think I would be, but I feel like I'm getting a little bit older now. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not really too sure. I'd love to like own, um, my own little cafe. So be kind of in the process of doing that. Um, yeah. And I suppose we'll see if I, I'm still riding my bike. I would like to be, um, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. I just will, I'll always ride my bike when I'm, when I continue to love it. I don't like putting like a deadline on anything like that. Um, so if I like each year I'm still motivated, still hungry for more, then for sure and my body allows me and I'm still performing well. Um, then yeah, definitely I would like to, to keep riding.
0: What's your favorite race you've ever done? Um, my favorite race that I've ever done. That
1: one would probably be Flanders. I think that one, even though it I, I didn't like I didn't have the best race um last year it was just like the atmosphere was was crazy and like going up the climbs and like just like smelling beer (laughs) um and like just having like yeah everyone kind of yelling at you and yeah I think that was insane and something that I was like even in I was in the second group and we're we're going up the climbs and yeah it's hard not to smile kind of um and I was like, I'd love to come back here and and do it again and to race it better. Um, but yeah, that's definitely up there.
0: Is there a race you'd really like to do that you haven't done yet?
1: Yeah, I'd love to do Payara Bay, and that's always been on my. It's always been on my race schedule. Last year I missed out because I was sick, and now this year I've had my operation, um, and it's always been a target of mine. And I've just, I've it's been disappointing to not race it yet. But yeah, definitely Peru Bay.
0: Where's your favourite place to ride for fun? Um, I think definitely Tassie. I have to say,
1: um, just because I know the roads so well. But I there's also like it's just in generally in Australia I enjoy riding also in Europe. But I think I know the roads so well here in Australia. I enjoy, yeah, like here in Tassie, there's a lot of different roads you can go on. They're quiet. Um, and you can also do like some mountain biking as well. So There's just lots of options. Um, but I also like riding just recently, I had a little bit of a love hate relationship with Bright in, um, in Victoria because there's so many mountains there and I can't say I'm a mountain goat, but I've just recently like really, when I was there, um, last time I was like, no, I really enjoyed this train and I just really got like a love for it. So that's also like a close second.
0: Who's your favourite
1: current writer? Um, This was a good one. I think I have to say my, I would have to say my housemate, Alex Manley, as my favourite current rider, and also my boyfriend, Luke Platt. <laughs> um, if they listened to this and I didn't name them, I would be in trouble.
0: <laughs> Who's your favourite rider of all time? Um,
1: yeah, I don't, oh, that's a really good one too. I'm really bad at these questions. <laughs> but I think that I've always, like, admired lots of different riders, I think, for, like, different things. Um, and I haven't really had, like, one person where I'm just like, wow, like, you know, I definitely have. But I have also think I've picked up on, like, lots of different things from different athletes, whether they're, like, past athletes, you know, like I've had my coach, like, Ron Bryan, I've had Matt Gilmore, Gene Bates, and they are all used to ride themselves. And so I've got picked up like little things from each of them that I feel like really inspiring. Um, and then also like when I've been racing on the road and you're around the likes of like Mariana Voss and you're like, wow, like this is like, wow, I'm racing in the same race mm-hmm. as her. And yeah, that. So I have like a lot of different, I can't say, I, I can't really pinpoint one that I think that is like my favorite of all time. I just have kind of like an umbrella of riders that I kind of mm-hmm. look up to. Yeah.
0: What's your advice for young riders?
1: My advice for young riders is just to be enjoy it um, and to not really put too much pressure on yourself when you're young and, yeah, just to really enjoy racing and uh, try different things while you're racing and, yeah, don't put too much pressure on yourself.
0: You've got five minutes before you head down to the start of a race. What's on your playlist to get you motivated? Um,
1: at the moment, I've got... um one song that I play which it goes for longer than five minutes though but it's like on SoundCloud and it's actually I have to credit Luke for this because he played it in our house for like last year for ages just when he had broken his elbow um, and he was doing ergo so he had this like blasting and then I kind of got hooked on it and it's this soundtrack where it's just kind of like a party remix of all these Mm -hmm. kind of like all these these songs and it's by like um it's by Chunky Dip and Jesse J. It's just so <laughs> random. But I've passed this like this soundtrack on to like so many other um of my teammates as well because we might play it in the bus before we go for a race. And it's just kind of like a mashup of like good songs and like different bootlegs and things like that. So um yeah, we we play that a fair bit. And that kind of like I definitely put that on when I'm doing like time trial efforts. <laughs>
0: Thanks so much for sharing your psych and life story with me, Georgia. No worries, thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was good to see Georgia back on the bike a few days ago and I look forward to seeing her back racing later in the season. You can find all episodes of Cycling Talk podcast on all the usual platforms and you can also find me on social media. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and the GCN app. Thanks to everyone who listens to the podcast and shows support. See you on the bike.